February is Relationship Month. So this week, this month, I should say, we have looked at the first week is Conflict Resolution, because in every relationship, whether it's a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother and sister, sister and sister, parent, child, everybody in the world, we all have conflict. Or whether it's just someone that you have friendships with, there's always conflict. So how do we resolve that? The next week was our PG-13, if you'll recall. We talked about relationships and sex. Oh my gosh, we talked about sex in church. We should be doing more of that. And last week, of course, we talked about relationships and forgiveness. And I have to tell you that last week was so amazing for me. I had my notes all prepared. I had it all going through, and it was going just like I had it prepared, and just like I'd received the message and the download during the week. And that last, like, Five minutes is like God is downloading to me right now as I was talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I felt like last week had nothing to do with me, but I felt like last week was one of the best messages that I've ever given out because of how it's a life change. This week we're going to be looking at grace, or you might call it forgiveness 2.0. The next step is grace. And to get us started... I have a little video. There's grace. 
I really enjoyed that video. When I saw it last week when I was looking for a video for last week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to use that next week. There's so many scriptures that, that popped up through there and just reminded us of different things. We're going to be looking at a couple of those. But the thing that really stood out to me from last week, and I'm just, again, we're going to like bounce back and forth into last week, and, th- and this week we're going to rehash it. And like, I don't feel like we got enough of it from last week. I didn't at least, and I want to share that with you. It's what is it that makes Christians different? So why do we say, hey, you should want what I have, because it's going to help you. What is it about being a Christian? Is it that we've got all of our sins taken care of and we're perfect now? We just walk around with halos on our head and, you know, we just do perfectly all the time. Of course, Lenore does. You know, and that halo, you know, it gets in my way every once in a while. Those angel wings, you know, they like get in my way, you know. And the blindingness from the halo, you know, it just sometimes is too much. But I'm obviously joking a little bit. Of course, she's perfect and an angel. But it doesn't mean that we have it all together. It means we deal in a different realm sometimes, if I can say it that way. We still sin. We still have problems. It's how we treat the people and how we treat the problems. I had a friend many years ago who was saved and in the church, and she was on the team with me, and she came to me. And I've told this story several times, and I still love this story. Because she came to me, she says, my sister's going through something really difficult. And she came to me sharing with me, and I freaked out. I kind of hung up on her really quick because I didn't know what to tell her. Because I'm going through the same thing. And here I'm a Christian, and I shouldn't be going through this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you missed it. Just because we're saved, just because we're a Christian, just because we go to church, doesn't mean we don't have problems means we have someone to help us with the problems. So go back to your sister and share with her. You're going through the same thing, but show her how Christ comes in and helps you through that same situation. It's always going to rain on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. We've looked at the scripture numerous times about the house that's built on the sand, the house that's built on the rock. The same storm comes to both houses. It's what happens in the end. It's how we treat the problems and the people. So this past week, one of the places that I go with intentionality and get to know a lot of the people there, a friend of mine, I will say, um, was looking considerably down and troubled. And you could just tell, you know, when somebody's not having a good day or things aren't really going their way. And, you know, it's just like, oh, what's going on? You know, like, did you have a bad day? Like, did you have a flat tire? You know, what is it? What happened to you? And so I asked her, I said, hey, are you all right? And her reply was, no, but I really can't go into it or I'll start crying. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I've got a shoulder if you need to cry on. Or, you know, I'll pray for you. Leave it at that. And um, it didn't work out that she could share anything with me about it. And then last night I went as well. And I said, hey, I said, how are you doing with whatever it was that was bothering you last night? And I said, can you talk about it without crying? If you need to cry, it's fine. I know you're working, but, you know, whatever we can work out. She goes, well, I sent a text to someone explaining what was going on 
She goes, how about you read the text, and then I can walk away, and you don't, I don't have to really see your face, you don't have to listen, and I don't have to explain it, because I will start crying. And I said, all right, and she gave it to me on her phone, and it's too small, I couldn't read it. So she sent it to me on my phone, and I blew it up so I can read it. And I'm going to tell you something, it pierced my heart. And I asked her for permission to read it to you guys. And at the end of the service, we're going to pray for this situation. How many of you know there's people with real problems? And the problems that I thought I had this week, the struggles that I thought were just like monumental and just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? Losing sleep over it kind of thing. This is what she wrote. My sister somehow ended up held hostage in a garage in Dallas this week where she was beaten almost to death and raped by three guys. They then text my mom saying, your daughter is dead, come get her body. Can you imagine, as a parent, getting a text from your daughter saying, your daughter is dead, come get her body. The police raided a lot of houses to help find her, and a helicopter was even out looking for her. They found her, they rushed her to the emergency room, and then they got got her into rehab. But she ran away that night to go do more drugs with somebody else. And so then my mom took her to a place, and they drug tested her, and she had everything, apparently every drug in her system. Apparently she's been shooting heroin for the last three months. So they put her in detox. Meanwhile, her probation office issued a warrant since she has not been showing up, and after detox Monday, tomorrow, she's going to jail. My mom has talked to the probation officer, and they're trying to get her to go to court-mandated rehab like a jail rehab place so it's all taken care of together that's very far away and that's a year-long program. That's why I was really upset yesterday. And she tried to run away again today, but they stopped her. And she has a five-year-old daughter. I'm like, oh my gosh. I can't imagine my daughter being held hostage beaten and almost to death, raped by three guys. I can't imagine getting a text from my daughter's phone saying, your daughter's dead, come get her body. And it really disturbed me. And I walked out to the car to drive, to continue working. And the song we sang in worship, God, I look to you, is what came into my heart and my mind. And that's all I could sing. It's all I could think about. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. See, there's nothing I can do to help this girl, her sister, her mom, that five-year-old baby. So I asked her, I said, well, is your sister older or younger than you? She goes, she's younger. She's 18 years old. See, we all have problems. It's not about we don't have problems. It's not that we have less problems. We all are faced with it. It's who we can go to. Who is it that can go through the storm with us? I'm reminded of the the table. Remember when I set the table up here and had all the food here and talked about Psalm 23, and as I go through the storm, Jesus is sitting here. He says, I prepared a banquet table for you in the midst of your enemies. In the midst of the storm you're going through, we can sit down and chill and go, hey, 
we're going to make it through this because we're together. As I said, we're going to pray for this young lady and her five-year-old daughter and her mom and the whole family. And it's just a terrible place to be in. But I want to tell you that our goal in forgiveness, our goal in being a Christian, sometimes you might have heard this, this analogy of, I'm going to take the high road. What does that typically mean? Someone, you know, there's gossiping, bickering going on, you know, all this stuff going on. You say, well, I'm going to take the high road. And somehow, sometimes there's this air of, I'm better than you, so I'm just not going to bother with you, little peasants down there, posh, posh. You know, you're just like, I'm not going to deal with you because I'm so much better than you. I'm taking the high road. I'm above you. But I want to suggest to you that it's not about being better than. It's about actually taking it to another level, which is exactly what we talked about last week. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He forgave all the sins we could ever do in our entire life before I was even born. Before I was even thought, he knew about me. He knew everything in my entire life, and he chose to forgive me. He chose to offer me forgiveness if I will receive it. And to take it to a higher level, he now, I believe, has given us the opportunity to say, hey, can I forgive you all in advance, no matter who you are? No matter what you do to me, against me, what you come at me with, I choose to forgive you. See, that's a higher level because normal way is selfish. And that's natural. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. I'm going to hurt you worse. I was in another situation this week where two people were bickering at each other and each one's trying to take the other one down harder and harder and harder. It's like, oh my gosh, just stop. The higher level, I believe, is what sets us apart. Not being snooty, but just saying, hey, I'm not going to allow the things that are natural, the way I would normally go. When somebody cuts me off, I don't have to go to some class or some driver's education to go, I want to wring your neck. I want to slam my car into you. I want to push you off the road. I don't have to go to anything to help me down that way. That's natural. That just happens very quickly sometimes. See people, you know, weaving in and out of the lane on like almost hitting me and slowing down in the fast lane. I look over there and they're on their phone. They can't even see me. I just want to pull right in front of them and slam on my brakes. Just so they, I'm sorry, I won't do that. But that's what I want to do. See, that's the natural thing. But I need to take the high road. And not the big overpasses, because that's not the place to push people over. But there's a scripture I want us to look at, because I'm really bogging down into that one. Romans 8, chapter 1. Sorry, chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is a huge word. I looked it up last night to see just kind of the insights of that. And it literally means penalty. There is therefore now no penalty for those who are in Christ Jesus. How does that apply to me? Can I suggest to you it applies twofold? 
in me deals for me. Because I'm in Christ. I've accepted Christ. I'm in the boat. I've chosen to be a Christian. I've chosen, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm going to still make a bunch of mistakes. You've forgiven me for them. Thank you very much. I'm going to keep walking on this way. I'm in Christ. But I want to suggest to you there's another side to that that we talked about a little bit last week, the continuation on, that in Christ is also a representation for all those people that I meet. Can I suggest to you this morning that when I am in Christ Jesus, that I can't give a penalty or condemn everybody that I meet because I'm in Christ. In Christ simply means I'm a Christian. I'm identifying myself as someone who's trying to follow Christ trying to follow Jesus, trying to do everything I can, there's now no penalty for those who are in Christ. Jesus was asked by the disciples, teach us how to pray. We've looked at this before as well, but I I want us to tie this all in as well. And so he says in Matthew 6, 9, pray like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. As we forgive. That's the thing that jumped out to me. Remember last week we heard the entire analogy that Jesus said that this guy was Forgiven all these huge millions. He turned around and went after the one who owed him hundreds or dollars. As we. God, please forgive us. This is what we should be praying every day. The Lord's prayer, the disciples' prayer. God, forgive us today. Forgive me today my sins. Just as I have forgiven those. It's talking about ahead of time. When we pray this, it's not when it's already happened. He continues on, and do not let us yield to temptation when I'm driving down the road and I want to slam somebody's car. But rescue us from the evil one, which is definitely trying to make me do that. And it continues the next verse. And if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 8 through 9, the Apostle Paul is talking about a struggle that he had of being just constantly hounded with these things. And we don't know what it was, and everyone has their speculations, and everyone has their ideas of it. I believe if he'd really wanted us to know what it was, he would have laid it all out there. But I think he's showing that there are sometimes that we got things that are going on that we would really like to shake off and just like, hey, I'd really like to be done with this struggle. Anybody relate to that with me? There's a struggle I'm going through, and I just wish that thing was finally done. I wish that was behind me. I wish that was in the rearview mirror, not in my whole windshield. Verse 8, he says, Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he, the Lord, said, My grace is all you need. My power works best. My power, God says, works best in weakness. 
So now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. See, this is what I'm talking about. When I've got situations that I can't make it through. I've got things that are like hounding me. When I've got these things that are like, I wish that this was behind me. I can say, God, I know that your grace is all that I need. And your power works best in my weakness. So I'm going to gladly boast to people about my weaknesses and say, hey, I don't have it all together. Just because I'm a Christian, just because I'm a pastor, doesn't mean that I've got it all together and that I don't have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. You're probably not going to tell me yours, and I am not telling you mine. Ephesians 2 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is a free gift that God gave us. Forgiving us of our sins is this great gift he's given us. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I'm kind of throwing all the scriptures all in there together, but this one I love so much. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Now, this could get really churchy and very religious, but I'm going to break it down with us really quick right now. My old self, who I used to be, I've now identified with Christ dying for my sins. Remember we talked about sins are where I know what I should do and I don't do it. Or know what I shouldn't be doing and I still do those things. But when Christ died for me, he paid for my sins. So when I identify and accept his forgiveness, I am saying I'm identifying with what he did for me on the cross. That's all that means. My old self has been crucified with Christ. That means putting all my sins into what he's done for me. It is no longer I who live. If I'm going to say, God, I'm accepting your payment for what I've done wrong. Now what I'm going to live is the life that you want me to live. What we're talking about, the whole theme of our church is about taking the next step, about being who God created us to be. That's the whole purpose of the growth track. I know Andrew talked about it, but it starts next week, is week number one. And it's so amazing. We have a new version of it, and it's from Highlands. As you guys know, we're patterning after Highlands, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, and they just reworked what we've been using for years. It's so amazing. And we'll have the new books next week, and I just really encourage you to be a part of the growth track and to come out and see just four weeks, just four Sundays, that's all I need for you to get this. But you see, it's we're getting on this path of how to live and to be the best version of us. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm asking God, I'm asking Christ to say, what should I do in this situation? How should I handle this? So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's really churchy, really religious, but broken down. It's like I have identified that I needed a Savior. You saved me, and now I'm trying to do my best to live for you. My analogy for this that I just absolutely love 
if my old self has been crucified, it is no longer I who live. It's like there's a body in a morgue. Imagine going in, the television shows you've seen, I've actually been in an autopsy. I love it, it's the coolest thing in the world. I'm sad they died, but it's cool, I got to watch the autopsy. But you see the big door open, and you see the body come pulling out, and they're laying there on a slab. Cold, they're dead. Okay, they really are dead. Okay, and you go over there, you poke them. What are they going to do? Nothing. They're dead. You can say, you look really ugly. Your hair's really da- bad. You look really fat. You can say anything you want to. You can slap them around. You can do any of the statement. What are they going to do? Nothing. That's what we're supposed to do. Because I forgave you all in advance. So no matter what you do to me, it's just going to be forgiveness. The life that I live is now what is in Christ, not what my body would normally do. So if God has forgiven me of all my sins in advance, he knew even before I was born, he forgave them all, that means I can just go do whatever I want to, right? I used to have a friend who would do this. He'd drive me crazy. He would go and say, well, I'm going to go sin. I'm going to do this thing I know I shouldn't do because I know God will forgive me. I can just go over here and sleep with this other person and it doesn't matter. God will forgive me. Will God forgive him? Will God forgive us for everything? Has he already forgiven us? Where's the balance in that? Can't we go a little nutty? Thankfully, God knows everything we need. And he actually gave us a scripture for this one too. It is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin just knowing that grace will increase? Knowing that God's grace, that he's forgiven us. Should we just continue just doing it? The version I memorized in high school, the next verse, verse 2, says, God forbid. This one says, may it never be. Another one says, don't let it be that. How shall we who are dead, have died to sin, still live in it? If I'm that corpse that says, God, I've accepted you, now you live in me. (laughs) How can I live any longer? I have one more video for you really quick that's comical, and you'll see the side of this, but it's very funny. Go ahead. Grace is amazing. Grace is a gift that keeps on giving. Grace covers for my mistakes. When I stumble in this life, grace is there standing boldly, ready to take my place. I can honestly say my life would be a wreck if it were not for grace. Aren't you going to, uh... Oh, oh yeah. Hey, everybody. Meet Grace. Come on in here, Grace. This is Grace. She always has my back. Grace, we've got a really busy day ahead of us, and we should probably be going. Let's go. You know, Kim normally makes breakfast, but, I mean, really, how hard could it be? That's really bad. Really, really bad. Oh, that was a mistake. Um, no harm, no foul. I'll just make some more. Um, actually, we don't want these to go to waste, Grace. There you go. Look, Nick, we're going to have a long talk about this. 
you've been showing up late to work, playing on your phone in meetings. So you're going to sit here, and we're going to go through the entire employee handbook to remind you of what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, um, well, actually, I've kind of got this lunch thing with the guys, kind of a big deal. It's Taco Tuesday and all, so uh, I'm actually going to be going, but, uh, but Grace can totally handle this. Uh-oh, you want. All right then, Grace. Chapter 1, Proper Work Attire. Hey, Grace, watch this. I thought those were cocoa puffs. You got this. And I was like, baby, 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 oh, like, baby, 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 no, like, baby, 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 oh, I thought you'd always be mine, mine. Good afternoon, officer. Uh, what can I do for you? Afternoon. Do you have your license, insurance, and proof of registration, please? Uh, I, sure. Um, what do I got, like a tail light out or something? No, sir. You were doing 85 in a school zone. <laughs> well, yowzers, uh, that, that's pretty fast. Um, yes, sir. It's considered reckless driving. Grace, um, I'm going to open up this door here. Will you, uh, will you do something about this? Turn around and step right over here for me, please. Okay, so it's funny. But sometimes that's how we see it, that, oh, God will take care of this for me. God will take care of this, or grace, the grace of God will cover this. Our last scripture, I actually want to be a prayer for us. It's 2 Peter verse one, chapter 1, verse 2. May God give you more and more grace. We need grace. Because I'm going to keep making mistakes. I'm going to go on a limb and say, you probably are too. We need more and more grace. This is my prayer. And peace. But what? Is it, what if we just stopped right there? You can say, okay, that's great. I like that part. But as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Can I suggest to you there's two parts of this. You grow in your knowledge of God and you grow in Jesus. I'm not trying to split too many things here, but look at this. We need to grow in our knowledge. That means we need to read our Bible. We need to study the Word of God. And how we grow in Jesus is our personal relationship. Guys, I want to suggest to you we need to grow. We all need to continue this growth process. And that growth is twofold. Reading and studying and our personal relationship with Jesus. If you will, bow your heads with me. 
this message today has been filled with tragedy starting off. We're about to pray for this situation. And we've seen the scriptures of how grace is there for us, that we can trust in what God has done for us, but that we shouldn't abuse that. And we've seen some humor and it's gone through this whole thing. But at the end, I want you to remember that it's about growing. It's about God's grace is there to help us through everything we have. But it's not the end all. We have to keep growing to read our Bibles, to, to study the Word of God, and to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So wherever you are in the sound of my voice, whether you're in the service with us, you're watching the video, you're listening to the podcast, wherever you find yourself today, you might say if we were one-on-one talking, Pastor Kevin, I'm not right with God. I haven't been allowing the grace of God to be moving in my life. I've been taking advantage just knowing God will forgive me. I haven't been doing the things that I need to do. Maybe I've never even started down the path. Regardless of where you're at, God wants to meet you right where you're at. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And if that's you right now, where you're at, why don't you just pray this with me. God in heaven, I thank you for what you did by sending Jesus. I receive what Jesus did for me. And I want to begin a new life with you I want to identify with what you did to save me from my sins and I want to learn the way you want me to be help me as I walk this path and help me through every step in Jesus name I pray Father God, we now come and we ask you for this tragic situation of this young girl, her five-year-old daughter, her family. And Lord, I don't have words. There's nothing that I can do personally. But Lord, if ever there was a message that applies to this young lady, it's the grace of God. God, our your gift to us not based upon what we deserve because Lord if I were to look at if many people were to look at if everyone were to look at the situation everyone would probably say she deserves and we could fill in the blank Lord your word says that you have grace there for her Lord, we ask you to intervene in this situation. Lord, we as a church stand behind her and this family and her five-year-old daughter. We ask you to change the situation. 
that she will come to know you. She'll come to know what you've done for her. And then her life will change. I know there's no magic pill. There's no snapping of the fingers. There's nothing. She has a road to walk ahead of her. But Lord, just as we looked at today, you want to be there with her. You want to walk on that path with her. And you want to show her every step that she's to take. Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do. Father, we believe prayer changes things. And as we step into the gap, as we step into the situation in our prayers, we ask you to intercede. In Jesus' name we pray.